I hand over the session to uh, Professor. Thank you. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. A complete thing uh, of the as they would say. On one end, you had a session which was completely loaded with uh, technical stuff. I had gone back uh, in memory to the days when I used to sell uh, computer systems to industrial units. And it had a lot of these IO processors and uh, A to D, D to A converters and all that. So it was partly nostalgic and at the same time, uh, seeing the technology shift just certain areas I couldn't actually connect. Of course, you didn't create any stress in me. The topic that we have uh, taken for the day, uh, whether you are a student or a faculty or whatever work you do in your life, even if you are a retired person, in this uh, age of uh, high-tech information knowledge uh, flow, it is said that an average human being today uh, knowingly and unknowingly is bombarded with between 60 to 60,000 to about a lakh information per day. Small, medium, big headlines, WhatsApp, forwards. And this creates a mental frenzy. And uh, even without our knowledge, it creates a tremendous amount of apparent, I would say, stress. I'm reminded of a very interesting anecdote from my own life. Way back in the 80s, it was taboo or forbidden to even speak about uh, mental health. If you had someone even meeting a general practitioner doctor to discuss about your mental health, you are labeled as a nutcase or a lunatic. And uh, not only you, the entire family sort of gets uh, stamped. I even know of some houses where I used to stay, the neighboring houses, which had uh, one or two such, uh, uh, I wouldn't call them patients, one or two people with such uh, disorders. We were not permitted to visit their home. To such an extent, it uh, carried a stigma. In the 80s, I had a very good uh, friend of mine. And uh, he was going through a very uh, severe uh, depression in his life. Those days, the word uh, depression and stuff like that was not even yet properly coined or used. So what used to happen is that uh, we used to let him go. And then one of my friends from US who came said that uh, this is gaining popularity in US and it is high time that we put our common friend uh, through this to make him meet a psychiatrist. And uh, even a mere mention of the name psychiatrist uh, would have uh, got a gun out of his pocket and he would have pointed at your head. That was the kind of, but my other friend who came from US are much more grounded. So we actually coined or plotted a story, plotted rather a movie-like script what we did is, the only way to take him to a doctor was uh, to project somebody else as a patient or someone who needs attention. And then to call him as a common person who's known to them to come and give certain insights. So the role play was fixed. 
I was supposed to be the person taking uh, both of them, my USA friend and the other friend who was under depression, to the doctor. And when we set up the meeting, my friend who was under depression was uh, given the information that uh, my friend from USA needs uh, some help. And uh, the doctor wants to meet him, but he wants to meet friends so that he can get the information. So it so happened that we went there and uh, two, three sessions it went on. And by the time my friend who actually was going through depression got very, very comfortable. And after the third meeting or so, he opened up. And uh, later, much, much later, this was kept a secret for a very long time because it, he shouldn't feel hurt. Much, much later, he came to know that uh, we had actually did something uh, which uh, showed a lot of empathy and care. And uh, when I got this topic to speak about, I immediately recollected this anecdote. Whereas today, people openly speak about uh, depression, mental disorders, mental wellness. How would you expect 25, 30 years back to even have a conference on mental wellness or emotional stress? and expect faculties of leading uh, technical universities like Anna University or other NITs or other colleges from across India. It would have been uh, literally an insult to call a teacher as a participant. It doesn't mean that actually any of us are currently suffering or we may be. But now what has happened is uh, the taboo around uh, talking about this topic has been broken specifically in the last, uh, say, five to 10 years. Let's look at what uh, might constitute to be mental wellness. There are several interpretations uh, which are available, but one of the most accepted definition of mental wellness, which uh, goes around uh, in all medical circles, is something like this. Mental wellness is a positive state of mental health. It is more than sheer absence of mental illness. Many times when speak about mental illness, people think it's like thinking that I am not ill, so I am healthy. It's not so. To be healthy, you need a lot of other parameters. Likewise, mental wellness also is a little bit of a more interesting and deeper subject. Being mentally well means that your mind is in order and your functioning of the mind is in the best interest of all, including yourself a very, very, very powerful and wide uh, topic or a definition. Mental wellness means that your mind is in order and it's functioning properly in your and in the best interest of all concerned. Everything that disrupts your mind from working towards the best interest of all concerned, in summary, can be called very simply as a deviation from mental health and is fit to be qualified as mental illness. I remember that uh, uh, the guru of heartfulness uh, meditation, the third guru called Chariji Maharaj once uh, famously told uh, in a talk that every human being born in this world is in some way mentally uh, not healthy. Except that the variance is so less that the blip doesn't show up in the radar. And hence, we all consider that uh, they are perfectly fine. Having coached in the professional front, I have carried about four decades of 
leadership, coaching, consulting kind of experience, including writing books like what Mr. Vinod introduced. I have met uh, thousands and thousands of people. I am yet to come across one single person. I would even say that includes myself. That or that person can claim that 24-7-365 days a year from the time of his birth till date, he has been mentally happy. Impossible. Just after this talk, you go for lunch and you're standing in queue, either at home so, or you are in the college uh, doing your duty and the food is not served, you get angry or upset. For a moment, you lose your poise and calm and you're about to shout or sometimes people shout, don't you know how busy I am, I have to get back to work. You're delaying my lunch and stuff like that. That even can constitute to be a aberration of uh, mental wellness. But they are all very minor blips and hence we don't even know. When mentally you are able to think, feel and act ways that create a positive impact on your physical and social well-being, it can be considered that you are mentally well. I'm not going to go deeper into the definitions here, but I would leave it to the August audience to ponder over this definition if all the audience today and those who are going to watch it later on other social handles, are we mentally well all the time or do we have aberrations? If you have aberrations, it's time that you deal with it before it becomes for example, you are supposed to be based on your body mass index, say 70 kilos weight, and you are 73 kilos. Three kilos variant may not make much of a difference today. But if you don't handle it, it may become 75, it may become 80. On BMI, you will become overweight. Later, you may be called as excessively overweight, and then you will be called in the category of obese. Everything starts with a small variant. And that it is better that it is addressed today. And I'm really happy that uh, uh, MIT has come forward to arrange this through an university where mental wellness as a subject is being spoken about openly. It's really heartwarming because it's high time that we acknowledge that we all have stress, emotional and mental at some point of time or another. A few are able to manage themselves and there are many who need uh, external assistance. In my view, mental wellness is a 360 degree constitution of three main aspects. This today is one of the most uh, sought after uh, topic when I, whenever I go to speak, circuit speak, speaking as they call, or I address large uh, gatherings, or I address CX, CEO, CFO, CFT, CTOs, chairman, managing director, top-level executives as part of my profession. They all asked me to finally speak about uh, wellness. And it constitutes just three main parameters. What I call as MBS, mind, body, and soul. In fact, one of my recent books, uh, which came out, which has become a bestseller in uh, Amazon, this book was actually bought over by Amazon and published worldwide by themselves. There are people who publish books through Amazon, but there are very few books which Amazon themselves publish. This book, which was published on uh, uh, 30th of April, 2021, called The Spiritual CEO, has gone on to become a bestseller. And even today, it's doing well. I'm being called for several talk shows where the whole uh, focus 
there are two, three other points in that book, which is available for you to search on Amazon and buy either the Kindle or the hard copy version. It speaks about three main aspects for us to be balanced and grounded all the time. We need to be aware. We need to be continuously checking ourselves whether we are clear uh, in terms if these three factors are balanced, what I call as mind, body, and soul. Imagine an equilateral triangle. I don't need to teach uh, mathematics to so professors and uh, faculties like you. An equilateral triangle, by definition, has uh, all angles equal or all uh, lengths of all three sides are equal. If one goes off a little bit, then it's no more an equilateral triangle. For it to be perfect, balanced on all three, like an equilateral triangle, our mental wellness has to be balanced on three factors. Mind, body, and soul. Soul, you can take it as top of the summit on an equilateral triangle. Mind and body, you can take it as the left and right uh, coordinates. When these three are not in alignment, you'll find that everything else in life actually goes disarray or goes out of alignment in life. And hence, whether you are a faculty or a student or an entrepreneur or a government official or a person heading even the government or a retired person sitting at home, you need to have all these three balanced all the time. If they're not balanced, we are in serious uh, issue of slowly degenerating before it actually hits us as a serious mental or emotional issue. What we are going to do in the next 15, 20 minutes or 30 minutes max is to give you certain building blocks on what constitutes the, these three aspects of mind, body, and soul, and uh, give you some insights on how this can be managed. And towards the end, if possible, I will also walk you through an experiential process of learning how to work on this to bring balance in your own life. If you look at some of the mental disorders, they call it mood disorders, such as depression or bipolar disorders. And then you have uh, anxiety disorders. You are extremely anxious when, for example, if there is a speaker waiting to speak after me, or you are about to take a class on which subject you are not very familiar, or you are going to speak to a elite audience where the kind of question that may come might uh, catch you off guard. It makes you anxious. If you are a cricket player about to step in in the slog overs where you have to hit at the rate of 12 runs per over to win the match for you, your team, you may be under tremendous anxiety. If you're going out of town and uh, you need to travel to the station and the roads are flooded due to the rains or the taxi or the auto that you book doesn't turn up on time, your mind is anxious because you want to reach the station on time to board the train because you have some important work the next day. And that makes you anxious. Whenever there is a gap between what is asked to perform and the mind image that is created inside of yourself, which tells you that you may not be able to perform, cre creates mental anxiety. This is something faculties, I'm also faculty in one way, though I don't teach in universities. I take a lot of sessions for uh, like what I'm taking now, FTPs. I take sessions for students in uh, campus to corporate skills and things like that. Everyone who is facing an audience 
is likely to be anxious. An audience can even be two people. When you're attending an interview for a job, you can be anxious about the outcome. And hence, anxiety disorder is almost integral to our life on a day-to-day -day basis, and you need to know how to regulate it. And then you have stuffs like personality disorders. One of the most famous movie which came way back in the 2003 or four called Onion in Tamil, which was also dubbed into English, Hindi, and uh, Telugu. It's about multiple personality disorder. One single person having three personalities inside of himself. When I watched the movie initially and came out, many people were all thinking that it's all about some individual who exists elsewhere. Forgetting that each and every one of us, in fact, display multiple personality disorders all the time. We fake it very well. For example, right now, I am reasonably dressed well for this occasion. You are all attending the session. You are putting up your best behavior, showing that you're listening. The same is true of me that I am putting up my best self of what I am doing and what I want to do to give some value in this session to you. But at the end of it, after this session is over, I log out and go. I may be a completely different person whom you may not even uh, be able to connect. Oh, is this uh, the Prakash that I met on the screen? He was so sweet. He was so nice. He appeared to be so knowledgeable. But see how he's behaving. All of us have streaks of MPD inbuilt, which is what we call as personality disorders. The situation today is also such that we can't maintain one single way of interacting with people and we bring multiple ways of interacting with people. And hence, we appear to have what we call as a personality disorders to people who watch us continuously. You ask your spouse, they'll tell you, morning you're behaving in a different way, afternoon you're behaving in a different way. If a neighbor comes, you behave in a different way. If it is a vendor who comes home, you behave. We all have that all the time. And then we have uh, a slightly extreme case of psychotic disorders, schizophrenia, where it's continuously, explicitly uh, displayed all the time. And then you have people who have uh, who are known for uh, binge eating. Whenever they're depressed, they eat. Whenever they're happy, they eat. Whenever they're sitting, they eat. They don't need a reason. And it is said that almost 70% of the main population at least suffer from what is known as eating disorders, compulsive eating, when there is actually no hunger or no reason for people to eat. Even actually they found out it is a expression of some mental disorder. And then you have trauma-related disorders such as post-traumatic stress disorder. You have been put through a very stressful situation. Say you are going in a train or you are going in a flight and suddenly there is a mid-air challenge the pilot faces and you are not even sure whether you are going to uh, land or not. And finally, somehow the, the pilot lands and uh, he makes a belly landing, as they say, for the flight. And after a tremendous amount of struggle, you escape your life, you are safe. It is said that sometimes it can take even two, three weeks for you to get out of such traumas or even much longer. These are all called as trauma-related disorders. People who go through emergency surgeries, people who go through uh, sudden accidents on the road, they all have trauma and that creates some kind of a mental disease. This is all normal, but we have to be aware what are the kind of... Uh, and the last one which I want to talk about, which is specifically prevalent in campuses across uh, the globe, uh, even at home and specifically with the younger generation, not that the older people don't uh, do it, but the younger are more afflicted uh, to this, what they call a substance abuse, abuse disorders. 
the substance can range right from a very simple tobacco uh, to drugs, to serious uh, drugs, to drinks and uh, things like that. All of us watch uh, with a lot of trepidation the kind of news that flows through all the channels these days. We are so afraid to open who is following next, who is consuming next and stuff like that. But thanks to all this, one thing in my view, even in this I see positive, is that it has now become a global issue. If you really know today, India is the default capital uh, of diabetes. It is said that at least about 35% of the people of India, irrespective of the age, are diabetic in one way or another, known, unknown, and things like that. But something else is happening. Now it's looking as if we are likely to become a depression capital of the world. USA is the default depression capital, they say, but India is soon catching up. But thanks to some of the VAPs who have been speaking about this openly, the stigma associated with handling mental disorders has reduced uh, as compared to the, uh, the anecdote I shared about my friend whom we had to take to a psychiatrist and we had issues. Today, if you remember four or five years back, a famous actress came out openly from the Hindi field and she spoke about her, uh, how she had almost considered uh, ending her life and how depression had taken a big toll on her life. And she stood up literally as a brand ambassador for depression. And that created a tremendous amount of uh, awareness. Uh, nowadays, it's, it's no more taboo. Today, in fact, there are universities which are running full-fledged courses for counseling. They're running full-fledged courses for handling psychiatric cases and things like that. Those days, you had to be a full-fledged doctor and then you did your MD or MS in psychiatry before you could become. Today, it's no more like that. You could level the first level or do the first level of counseling and get into this stuff and help people. Because who knows, we may be the next patient. Maybe we have one of our close relative or friend who is going to be the next uh, patient. If you look at quickly, how do I find out if someone has a mental disorder or not? I'll give you five simple system, symptoms which are considered as standards by WHO, World Health Organization. Whenever someone is uh, being uh, excessively worried or anxious, repeatedly if they are excessively worried. Normal worry is okay. Just standing in the bus stand just to put your head out to see if the bus is coming is normal. But if every two seconds you are going to ask everybody else in the bus stand whether the bus is coming or not, will it go here? Will it go to the bus stop? Will they stop here? Will they uh, stop in the bus stand or will they stop 10 feet ahead or behind? This actually shows excessive anxiety, excessive worry. So that is one of the first signs for you to know you or somebody else has some kind of an issue. It's not straight away a mental disorder, but you're stressed. The second is, there are situations in life when we go through which create sadness for us. We are sometimes irritated by people who are around us. It is quite normal when someone dear to us suffers or they pass away, it's all right to be grieving and sad. It's all right to be irritated when somebody messes with your mood. But for you to have long-lasting sadness, in case you say, I am sad, what happened? No, no, my so-and-so friend uh, you know, misbehaved with me or shouted at me. Uh, when did this happen? Oh, it happened about 12 years back. You know, it looks like a joke, but there are people whom I know who carry sadness into eternity. And there are people who carry irritability into eternity. The moment they see a person, they get irritable because of something that person did to them long ago. So the second point is, 
when you are continuously sad or continuously irritable, you have serious symptoms of what could be mental stress or emotional stress. The third point is uh, when you have extreme change in moods, when your moods swing like crazy, every split second your moods keep changing. When the people around you are afraid even to talk to you, if you are a boss, if you are a head of a department and students wait eternally outside your department door, when the peon goes out and says, no, no, don't speak to ma'am or sir now, you know, you know, no, this time normally half an hour mood is out. Then you are a serious contender to be called as someone who is emotionally or mentally stressed. I'm not saying there is a disorder yet. These are all symptoms. And then you have severe uh, social withdrawal. Whenever some people go through some rough experiences, they withdraw interacting with people. But withdrawing permanently for longer times, unless you are in a prison, is what is called as a social withdrawal for long periods. Then you have serious issues. And then if you are able to observe any dramatic changes in your eating or sleeping patterns, unless you are working in a call center or odd hours when you, your eating habits and the sleeping habits are likely to change. If you are a person who is in a typical morning to night kind of a routine, and if you find that in the last few weeks or months, your eating or sleeping patterns have dramatically changed, it's a very good sign the body is telling you that there is a very serious issue likely to come up and you have a mental or an emotional stress. If you really look at all these, uh, let's uh, look at a few simple points. Anyone who is smart will always uh, look to work on the cause of an issue rather than the effect. When I have a headache, when I take a tablet, I'm working on what is known as a symptomatic relief. But more than symptomatic relief, which is essential, for example, if I'm sitting in a chair and talking to you, and there is uh, something below the place uh, where I am seated and it is hurting my back, I will not be able to speak. I need to go for what is known as a symptomatic relief. I will have to give some short-term solution. But only giving short-term solution is like you have a pipe in your kitchen and it is leaking. And every time you just put an adhesive to seal the opening through which the leak is happening. And the leak shifts half an inch, half an inch away, half an inch away. And you keep on applying what is known as an adhesive or MC, what I want to call. Would that be a prudent way of looking? You look at finding whether the problem is beyond the pipe. Is it because of the pressure coming from the tank? Is it because of the corrosion which is taking place inside due to the quality of the pipe? You would be looking inside the quality of the water if the water is salty, which is creating the corrosion. And then see how we can permanently solve. Like that, when you are looking at solving a mental uh, symptom, Look at giving symptomatic relief. Symptomatic relief could be uh, short-term love and compassion. When you show understanding, when you are compassionate to a person who is going through a stressful situation, it makes them feel good, but it will only be temporary. You have to quickly look at what is the root cause of this. And there are trained people available today, but of course there are ways in which you can manage it yourself. Let's look at, uh, go back, uh, into one of the oldest adage, which uh, goes around uh, saying, uh, prevention is better than cure. Though it's very easily said, uh, then done. We all know that uh, prevention is something that uh, we really need to uh, work on rather than just a temporary cure. Uh, I would rather prefer that these situations don't happen again. So on that context, if you look at the three main aspects of body, mind, soul, the body, 
uh, if you look at the one of the oldest uh, uh, often repeated classroom uh, stories is about the farmer who had a golden goose a goose which was able to lay one golden egg every day and in his uh, greed uh, to get more eggs he went out and cut out uh, the stomach of the uh, goose thinking that he can get all the eggs in one shot likewise we all do one thing without had the farmer been smarter he would have found ways in which he could have bred the goose he could have done dna cloning he could have done some ways in which he could have increased uh, the production uh, the number of eggs that the goose was laying a day and things like that instead he went and killed it directly that is the same mistake many of us do when it comes to our body as well for example if i am not well today and i continue to ignore it two to three years from now the doctor says that you are severely diabetic or you are overweight or you are under several uh, kinds of other physical ailments and uh, he gives you medicines and then he tells you the standard statement he says this wouldn't have happened had you taken care of your health 2 3 years ago had you properly taken your food had you exercised 25 to 30 minutes a day which is a prescribed norm today this wouldn't have happened to you in our urge for short term goals to go ahead and uh, do our job in your case say the profession of uh, being uh, in uh, teaching which is a very noble profession you create all the professionals of the future whether it's a doctor engineer or lawyer all will have to study through you before they become uh, the professionals they are but if you yourself don't take care of your own body and at a later point of time you your body doesn't cooperate with you you are not able to stand and take a class your mind doesn't have the energy as the famous saying goes a good painting needs a solid wall for you to draw a painting likewise for you to lead a healthy life you need a solid wall which is nothing but your body and surprisingly there are only two three things that we have to do to take care of the body i am not asking you to go to a doctor all you have to do if you are not currently doing consider this because this is one of uh, the biggest uh, stress reliever if you had looked at the study of the chemistry of the body there are something called as happy hormones uh, not, uh, which goes with oxytocin serotonin endorphin things like that all these many times gets secreted when you do bodily work many of us because we are doing so much of mental work we don't take care of our body and we think it's perfectly all right if you are able to set aside about 30 minutes a day for properly guided exercises whatever is good for you yoga walking swimming whatever works and if you have any serious medical ailment check with your doctor before you start but it's better that if you haven't already done make it a daily habit doing it once a week like taking bath doesn't help If I don't don't take a bath for three days, someone next to me will get up and leave. Likewise, when I don't exercise, at some point of time, I am troubling myself. The world will go on without us. Please bear in mind, the world has been there before you are born. The world will be there after you are born. The same is true for me. The same is true for all the great personalities who have gone into this, come into this world and gone out of this world. Take care of your body, which is one of the biggest uh, uh, stress uh, reliever. When your body is healthy. and you are well grounded many a times you'll find that your mental tenacity is far far better the second thing when it comes to maintaining a good body is about the food that you take in the book that i have written the spiritual ceo i have uh, allocated one full chapter on uh, what is called as uh, 
food and how food in fact inhibits your mental and other faculties and how it can actually set free your mental and other faculties. I don't know how many of you uh, may be aware, but after this session is over, you can do a Google and search. There are three kinds of foods based on the old Ayurvedic principles called as the Sattvic, Rajasic and Tamasic food. Out of all these, very simple principle says that Sattvic food is the most uh, aligned to maintaining least emotional and mental stress levels in our body. In this book, I have given a list of all the foods which are sattvic. You can also do a Google, these uh, foods will appear. If you do tamasic kind of food, you take tamasic kind of food. To give you a very simple example, sattvic foods are more uh, semi-cooked or closer to nature kind of food or with the least amount of cooking. And any food which you take after 90 minutes of cooking, it is supposed to become rajasic or uh, tamasic and it will affect your body without our knowledge. Today, thanks to the, uh, the fast-paced world, many times what we do is we order food through the delivery mechanisms that are available. And by the time the food is prepared and sent to us, it's at least one and a half, two hours. And many of us today have compromised and 80% of the Indians today, at least those who live in uh, uh, urban areas, are eating processed foods. Processed foods means which are uh, made ready and packaged and kept ready for you to just heat and eat it. All these are things which become stale and then it becomes tamasic in nature. Tamasic in nature is very simply put, which makes you very dull, which makes you very, very, I mean, lethargic as they would say. You feel sleepy. You feel your body is just being pushed whole day. Things like that. And Rajasic food are foods which tend to make you angry and anxious by definition, uh, highly emotionally volatile. All it needs is for you, if you are smart, you, you may not be able to change to sattvic food overnight. It takes a lot of uh, change of patterns. You can go through a pattern shift slowly of, say, consuming 30% of sattvic food and things like that. Why should I do it? If you really care for yourself, in, in my world, I believe, in, in, in my view also, I firmly believe that the only person who truly cares for myself is only myself. However good my spouse or my children or my neighbors or my family members are interested in me, nobody else can care for my bodily, mentally, and emotional health more than what I can do myself. And hence, if you're able to manage these three foods in balance, over a period of time, moving more and more closer to cooked food, rather than ready to eat food, which are more closer to nature. It's something which will help you. Say, I always ask this question to give you a right perspective. Would you like to move two, three levels up and become, say, a vice chancellor of an university in the next five to 10 years, but be completely unhealthy, or just move one or two levels up and become the dean or the registrar of the college or university you are working with perfect health? In all probabilities, if your common sense prevails, you'll choose the second one. So the choice is yours. What kind of body would you like to carry to the grave between now and the next 20, 30, 40, 50 years that you want to live? What kind of body you want to carry? If you have a scooter or a car, would you want your scooter and car to continuously emit smoke, not work properly, every time break down? If even for a simple electronic item like a phone or a car or a scooter, we want it to work well, 
wouldn't we want to invest time on taking care of our body, which is directly related according to the WHO studies to mental and emotional stress. Let me go to the mental aspect uh, from here. That almost uh, 85 to 90% of these thoughts do not really uh, use us. They are not constructive. Either they are neutral or negative thoughts. We hardly have 5% of thoughts which are positive. What are negative thoughts? Let me not give you details, but let me give you the overall definition. Negative thoughts by default are which creates a sense of fear in me or which creates a sense of lack of hope in me. Oh, I think I won't be able to do. Oh, I think I'm a failure. Oh, I think people don't like me. All, all these are negative thoughts which are in all probability likely to affect your body physically and emotionally. Do it for next five minutes after the session is over. Just keep telling yourself, I am unhealthy, I am unhealthy, I am unhealthy. You will find that your body reacts. It is scientifically proven that when a thought is generated and it garners strength and momentum, the body tends to react in resonance with what your thoughts are. The same thing if you just change the script and just tell yourself that I am healthy. They have found recent studies that self-healing is more powerful today than what it had been considered to be earlier. So it's up to you to take care of your mental faculties. Let's look at the third wheel, what we call as the, the spiritual self. When it comes to the spiritual self, it's all about how you connect your inner self and to the outer self. Whether you want to call the outer self as the world, whether you want to call the outer self as God, you want to call the outer self as nature, we all have something called as a conscience. And from this conscience, we connect to the world. And when that conscience, what I have inside, see, you can keep on telling uh, lies to the world, but you can't tell lies to yourself. Are you happy with the person that you are mentally? Are you happy with the person emotionally what you are? Are you able to sort of connect and be integrally the same? When people speak about integrity, that is one thing which comes. Integrity is considered uh, in a very simple definition to be the conflict between the mind and the heart. When your mind is focusing on one side and your heart is focusing on the other side. For example, you are doing, you are a businessman, for example, and your mind tells you, please cheat the customer and make some additional profits. Whereas your heart tells you, this is not fair. That person is trusting you and doing business with you. Do not do this. You are cheating him to make profits. This is not correct. This creates an integrity issue. Your heart tells you the truth and mind tells you to do something for the sake of profits. The same may be true in college or uh, in the department that you are working. Your heart will tell you that this is what the right thing to do. Whereas your mind tells you, if you do that, you will not be known as a performer. You will not be able to impress the people. So go ahead and tell a lie or do something else. This conflict of interest is one of the biggest challenges which touches your soul. See, the soul has a construct, as they say, of four, uh, three bodies which are uh, built between what we call as, in, we all know only the physical body that we have. Between the physical body, which is also called as the stool study, we have something called as a subtle body, and then we have something called as a causal body. The causal body can be something called as your soul, which is the core of your existence. 
the physical body, we already spoke about the body and we have seen what is to be done to take care of this body. It is the subtle body on which the real uh, emotional and mental health actually lies. The subtle body consists of four layers. One is called as uh, the buddhi, the other is called as the manas, the other is called as the intellect and the fourth is called as the chit or the consciousness. Buddhi is what you might very simply put as uh, the intelligence which is or rather the buddhi is your knowledge that you're able to garner in the field. I'm a PhD in this subject. I know so much. I can do all these things and this stuff like that. Uh, the, the manas is the thinking faculty that you have, your ability to think. And then you have uh, the, the exponential factor, which is, which is what the intellect, which is being shown to the external world and people say that, wow, what a great person he is. And then you have the ego and then and then the soul. How do you manage all this is something which will determine your mental health. When your ego is in perfect uh, synchronicity with your buddhi and with your intellect and how you are able to uh, project it to the world in terms of uh, your activities and thinking, to a great extent, you'll find that your soul is at peace. And of course, there are other uh, ways in which uh, we also uh, uh, do that, what we call as uh, meditation. We have the heartfulness meditation as the core of uh, the practice, which helps you to literally balance the other two faculties as well. Those who practice this also find that they have tremendous amount of uh, balance when it comes to the kind of food that they choose to eat and things like that. They find it very, very uh, a powerful tool. Well, there are several ways in which one can meditate. The heartfulness meditation helps you to sort of uh, connect you to the, uh, the core of your being, which is both in the external world as well as in your internal core of existence. You want to call it nature, you want to call it God, you want to call it whatever. It gives you a way to stay connected through a concept called as pranahuti. When you are continuously able to meditate, what it gives you to a great extent is what we call as clarity of thought. The clarity of thought for you to be able to think under tremendous amount of uh, stress, to remain grounded. As the Lord Krishna mentioned in uh, Gita, what one would call as sthita pragya, the person who is able to be balanced under all circumstances, irrespective of the fame or wealth or uh, or the, 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 the bricks that are shown at you, thrown at you, or uh, you are a very knowledgeable person, or maybe you're not a knowledgeable person. People praise you or people make fun of you. Under all circumstances, if you are able to be balanced, that brings a tremendous amount of mental clarity. Irrespective of what the world says, if I'm clear in my priorities, if I'm not swayed by the words that people choose, either to praise me or to dump me, I am mentally balanced. When I am mentally balanced, emotions automatically tend to come under balance. Because when you mentally sway, your emotions automatically take a hit. When you are able to do that consistently, what happens is, as you meditate more and more and more, you find that uh, you are grounded more. And you are able to take anything in your stride, extreme success, extreme failure. And all the symptoms that I shared before, all the faculties of your uh, mental uh, balance, when they go astray, what all challenges you face, all that tends to get uh, sort of taken care of. 
add on top the process of what I call as cleaning or cleansing at the end of the day. When all that which has happened in the day, like the sediments on top of water which goes and settles on the ground of the lake, all the thoughts and actions of the day tends to settle in the core of your system. And if you allow it to sort of keep, keep on adding on top continuously, what is likely to happen is that in all probability it forms, uh, if you had looked at the uh, uh, chimney exhaust in your kitchen, if you clean it daily, it's easily maintainable. But if you don't clean it at all, over a period of time, you'll find a very dark soup which forms on top. Even with extreme amount of cleaning, it will not be able to, uh, you will not be able to remove it. Likewise, when we allow the day-to-day -day activities and thinking and interactions we have with the people and emotional stuff that we go through to settle into the core of our system, what is likely to happen is that it forms a suit which becomes difficult to remove later. And this causes a chain of uh, spiraling event which leads to continuous mental and emotional stress. If you're able to practice the cleaning, which is a very simple uh, a will-based process at the end of the day, it becomes much more easier for you to maintain calm under all circumstances. It's like brushing teeth in the morning. The overnight deposits in the teeth is clean. Likewise, cleaning can be taken as cleaning of the debris at the end of the day from the mental faculties on which they're settling inside my uh, system. And then we have a prayer. When my meditation and uh, cleaning doesn't help, I use a prayer as a daily tool to connect to a higher self so that there is always something which happens to take care of me. What I would uh, do is uh, at this point of time, maybe I'll take a short pause. You'll understand that we have looked at uh, mental balance is essential. We looked at that today. There is no stigma in speaking about your mental uh, instability in case you are continuously disturbed. It is all right for us to go ahead and speak to a friend or to a counselor to get some kind of an input. It's something essential that we work for long-term uh, uh, causes instead of short-term effects. It is also essential for us to manage the body, mind, and soul, the three aspects like an equilateral triangle. And for that, you manage the foot by doing physical activities. You manage uh, the body, of course, by physical activities. The foot by balancing the sattvic, tamasic, and the sattvic foot. And then you manage your mental faculties of the, the four aspects that we saw, the manas, buddhi, ahankar, and the chit by practicing uh, meditation and cleaning. And manage the soul by staying connected uh, through the process of pranahuti-based meditation and uh, the concept of prayer. These are all instant tools which are available for you to progressively use over a period of time. Uh, I would now pause to take question answers. At, at the end of the question answer, if all of you are open, I'll walk you through about five minutes of this meditation process. And in the chat box, I'll share the contact details on how you can take it forward because I'm told that many of the people who are uh, uh, attending this session uh, right now may be from several parts of uh, India. And hence, uh, what I'm going to uh, do is uh, maybe I'll share all the contact details uh, with uh, Mr. Vinod and uh, he'll be able to copy paste uh, and uh, post it in the uh, chat of this uh, meeting room. Mr. Um, so Vinod, you can uh, just open it up for question answers. I've already shared the contact details of people wanting to continue and check how this meditation process works. The contact details have been shared with you in the chat box. Uh, kindly just, uh, if you can copy paste and put it in the chat box here, it may be useful for our people. 
can I open it up for now question answers? Mr. Vinod? Are you there, Mr. Vinod? Hello, Mr. Vinod. Hi, yes, sir. Yeah, I have copied that. Uh, contact information you can uh, share it with all the registered members either through chat or later if there are any question answers we can take